This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tell them Blake Rafino sent you over from AYS. So, guys, we do have a good show in store for you today. As we have mentioned, Coach Ed Orzron for the LSU Tigers was on his postgame show last night or his radio show where fans are able to call in. And he had some tough questions to answer, y'all. Some really, really tough answer or questions and answers that he had to talk about. Number one, and in no specific order, was the health of Miles Brennan. He said that Miles is a little banged up, but something he let a little another truth out with Eric Gilbert and Terrace Marshall also being nicked up. So guys, I know that I've seen, a I don't want to say a lot, but a couple of LSU fans talking about, oh, well, Florida's scared, Blake. Florida's scared. They don't want to play this game, yo. Let me tell you something, and I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. You didn't want to go over to Gainesville this week. You did not want to go over to Gainesville this week with your starting quarterback out and and your offense, who really has been the only good thing that you could talk about, being out. Uh, Dylan Landry on Facebook Live says, I respect Edo taking all. Yeah, I do. I know that, and there was a tough question from Ed again last night when they asked about, Coach, you're on the one-yard line. Why don't you sneak the ball? And he said, well, the week before, we tried to sneak the ball in with Miles, and he couldn't get it in. He couldn't get it in. He said if that was Joe Burrow, y'all, I would have batted an eye. I would let Joe sneak it in. That tells you how much faith Ed Orzron has in Miles Brennan right now. Now, we're going to have Coach Keith Miller come on here because I want him to break this down. You had your head coach go on a radio show at TJ Ribs in Baton Rouge and say, the reason we didn't sneak it is because you couldn't get it against Vandy. Man, I don't know if I'm the only person talking about this, but I might be. Guys, (laughs) I'm not saying the sky is falling. But Ed's giving you some truth bombs right now. He also talked about on that last drive to end the game that it was his fault that Torrey Carter, the fullback, was in over Rick Gilbert. I'm going to take... I'm going to peel that back. I'm going to peel that back. That's not on Ed Orsron. You have coordinators. You have position coaches. You have all of these analysts... I know that it all follows on Ed Orgeron, and he doesn't want to throw his heck or his coordinators and his position coaches underneath the bus. But God, dog, <laughs> I respect, and as Dylan Landry says it right here, I respect Ed O taking all the blame for the struggles. But man, he has to rip Bo a new one if this continues. He did it to Aranda with no hesitation. Yeah, I I think he he will if it continues. But he need look, it does fall on him, Dylan, and you're right. And I think if it continues to go on, that he'll rip uh, Bo a new one. But he's going to have to start ripping some other people some new ones. Hey, Nick Saban, and look, for all of his COVID-19 positive tests and everything that... <laughs> okay. I shouldn't have said that. But for everything, Nick Saban ain't going to hold it in. He's going to let it rip. That's that's scary, y'all. Keith Marshall or Keith Mar Kyle Marsh, excuse me, says any update on Miles? Um, it looks like it could be an abdomen tear, from what I'm hearing. Um, so we'll see. It could keep him out a couple weeks. It could easily keep him out a couple weeks. Everyone joining the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, we appreciate it. If you're on the platforms 
on YouTube or on Facebook and Twitter. Please hit the like and hit the share. And we are always delighted to be partners with our good friends over at Believe. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can go uh, subscribe to it there. Uh, Got to rip Lanahan too. That's where I'm going. Dale read my mind. Let me let me throw this out there. So now that we know Miles Brennan's hurt, now that we know that Miles is hurt and he's out, he could possibly be out, right? You mean to tell me at first and goal and second and goal, you're rolling your quarterback outright? Man. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You can't sneak it in from the one. Ed Orgeron didn't call that playoff, y'all. He didn't call that playoff. He didn't say, hey, don't let Miles sneak it in. I don't believe that. I know he said it. I don't believe it. But so you're going to take your quarterback and you're going to roll him out right so he can get blasted? Get out of here with that, man. Look, I went back and listened to this Ed Orgeron, uh, 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 TJ Ribs interview, and let me tell you something. It got me ticked off. It really did. Uh, Mike Fernandez, what's up, man? Hey, all you LSU fans, all you LSU fans, you remember on game day where you would see the 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 poster of the coach and the corn dog was going into his mouth? That's this guy right here. It's Mike Fernandez. Mike, what's happening? Uh, Miles toughed it out in that game and killed it. He did. But I feel like you got to protect him at sometimes too. You're rolling your quarterback right, and the left side of his abs are killing him, and you're still rolling him out? No wonder he couldn't throw, have enough torque and accuracy on that ball to Terrace Marshall. He's hurting. But anyway, Mike Fernandez, our good friend, if you want to know who the corn dog, you know, the guy that does the corn dog, that's him. He's the corn dog man. Remember the one with Nick Saban with the corn dog going in his mouth? That's her good buddy right there. <laughs> Michael Ray says, that's funny, y'all. Uh, thanks for the shout-out. No problem, bro. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, Daryl says, third down conversion in red zone specialist, my ass. I know. Here's another thing, though, too. And I got to put these pictures in here. I got to. You still ran the ball, and you couldn't get it in from the one-yard line. That's not. Is that really on Scott Linehan, though? I know that it's not of a popular opinion. I know it's not of a popular opinion to put it put things on the players. And I'm with you. I'm with you. But at the same time, when are we going to start sitting back and saying, where's the gajonas of this team? Guys, where's the, the as, if you've ever seen the movie Major League Two, where's the marbles? Where's the marbles? You've got to punch it in from the two, y'all. Uh, let's see. Fullbacks running downfield. Okay, so everyone on the podcast, because I, I this podcasting thing, like actually people listening to it, is something new for me, so let me explain. Everyone that's listening to the podcast right now, everybody, on Believe, on Art19, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, this is a live recorded show. So we read the comments, and we put them up on the, on the screen so that I can read the comments, so I got to get better at that. But Daryl Fontenot on Facebook Live says, fullbacks running downfield for deep passes. What the hell is that? No idea. No idea whatsoever. Jennifer, good, good afternoon. She says, better watch out how he's uh, licking them. <laughs> neither, uh, neither Finley nor Johnson, a joke. Uh, they will light your butt up too. They can. QB sneak, wildcat, question mark, says Michael Ray. Ed Orgeron last night, y'all talked about he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that with Miles because they couldn't convert it on a fourth down the week before. Goes to show you, the fa- again, the faith that they do not have in Miles Brennan when it comes to that kind of stuff. And then he follows it up by saying, if it was Joe Burrow, I would have never batted an eye. I don't know how to take that other than how I'm hearing it. Man, he might have some faith in Miles, but you don't come out and say it like that now. I love Ed Orsron to the moon and back. A Louisiana guy, a LSU head coach. But man, Marvin Mackey says exactly where is the effing fighting him. I don't know. Now, we're going to have Coach Keith Miller on here, uh, I guess about now. 
He should be coming in in just a minute. We're going to be getting him on. Uh, but I'm going to ask him if that's a part. Now, he's done a lot of evaluation of these quarterbacks and of this LSU team. Does a lot of showcasing, and we'll get to him, and we'll definitely ask him that. Uh, goal line situation. Why are we at shotgun? Get under center. Sonny D, I don't know how. I don't really know, Sonny, if, look, Alabama scored a lot of points going out of shotgun in the red zone at the one-yard line. Quite honestly, Clemson won a national title with rolling Deshaun Watson outright and hitting Hunter Renfro in the flat for a touchdown. I think that you could do a lot of different things. The Saints have been have predicated a lot of times spreading people out and, and getting the ball to whoever for touchdowns. However, I think you might be onto something a little bit here. But here's another thing. Miles Brennan's only taken one snap under center this entire year, and that was against Vanderbilt. So with the game on the line after you got a shotgun every single play, my question is, do you jeopardize that? Like, do you jeopardize that at that point would be my question. I don't know that. I don't know that. Uh, one other truth bomb that Ed Orgeron talked about last night is that he says, or he said that uh, he believes, and I'm reading this because this is a direct quote, that the attitude of the team has been great, but I don't know, but me personally, I don't know if that's be if that's truthful. So Ed Orgeron said that the attitude this week from the players has been great. Well, can you translate that onto the field? That's my biggest question. Is if they're doing and Ed's talked about this a multitude of times that oh well the defense is better than all of that we saw last year, and that this defense is going to be really good. Their attitude's great at practice. Then why isn't it translating? Because I don't see no dogs on that defense right now. Nobody. None. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about these players, y'all. And I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not going at one person in specific. I'm not. But at the same time, we got to get some dogs up in here, y'all. Ruben Anthony, what's up, man? He absolutely have no offensive line. Ruben, I'm going to push back a little bit there on you. When you had when you when your quarterback drops back 53 times and you only give up two sacks, one of them, yes, a player got beat, but the second one is because your quarterback was rolling out right, started running the football and and got and got sacked technically with a negative a negative 1 yard minus. It's hard for me to believe that your offensive line has been horrendous, even or bad, even or bad, in the sense that they didn't really give it up any sacks. You had uh, 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 Ty Davis-Price, who had nine carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. So I guess my question would be, is how bad is this offensive line really? I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. In all honesty, Blake Miles was already hurt too. That's a good point. Uh, Daryl says, fade, 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 and send the freak to Arik, uh Gilbert and or Marshall for it. I don't know why he wasn't in the game, y'all. All right, well, we're going to get it over to Coach Keith Miller uh, right now. But before we get over, I got a lot of questions I want to ask him. His evaluation of quarterbacks and just all around, just talent, is absolutely exceptional. So I want to go, go, go get over to him. So don't leave. But we got to get over to our good sponsors over at Area Home Lending. Mr. John Patton himself. Guys, I feel the two calls today about John and all the refinancial work that he's doing for everybody. If you guys are looking for a refinance, the timing has never been better. And the mortgage rates have never been better. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on a mortgage that you have now, or even doing a cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Call John Patton today from Area Home Lending. And if you mention Are You Serious Sports, he will send his team out for a free appraisal. With over 15 years of experience, I know that John will take care of you and your family. Give him a call today at 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Or, or go over to his website at areahomelending.com. That's areahomelending.com. All right, we got him right here. 
Coach Coach Miller, what's going on tonight, man? I first off, I appreciate you joining the show. I know it was a little last minute. That's my fault. I was trying to get you in. I thought I was trying to message you a couple days ago, so that's my fault. I've been following you for a long time. I love your work. And we were just coming off of here talking about the LSU quarterbacks. Miles Brennan looks to be a little bit hurt, and I know that you've evaluated a lot of these quarterbacks. So I guess really starting off with Miles, what have you seen from him that you like a lot and some things that he really needs to, to work on? Well, I think I think it first starts off looking at his positives, right? You talk about his growth from high school. Uh, Miles Brennan has added weight. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's always had a pretty good arm in terms of his arm talent and arm strength. But one thing I think, you know, he's done really well this year, I think he's been resilient. And that resiliency has shown up not only, I think, the first week of the season, but at Vandy and also at uh, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think needless to say, that resiliency might have came back to bite him in the bottom (laughs) last week. I know he gutted it out and fought through some adversity and and came back and uh, in the game in the second half, couldn't get the job done on the final drive. But uh, I think resiliency and and his overall uh, development, just in terms of his body and his strength, because he was a real frail guy coming out of high school. Well, I I agree with you. And I think the thing that, that gets me with this coach is just the simple fact that a lot of people around Baton Rouge were just complaining about him. And I really don't know why they were complaining about him just due to the simple fact that, look, he's missed some throws. He's a young quarterback, and he's but he's done a lot. I mean, Coach, if I told you right now that you're going to have a guy throw for over 900 yards in three weeks, you would kind of like and, and have the touchdowns and the success that he's having. You would take that, though, right? Well, I think it's all relative, right? It's relative to today's game, how offense is being played, how the field is being spread, and how much the ball is in the air. Now mm. – Stats, for me, stats are for losers, right? I like to, how does a guy start? How does he finish? Um, Miles has had some rough starts, at least he did in the Mississippi State game. He's had some rough finishes so far. This is the Mississippi State game and also the uh, Missouri game, which they both lost. Um, his, his stats are good. I make no mistake about it. At least, or at least they're above average for me, just in terms of LSU mm-hmm. quarterback. But I think when you come behind a great like Joe Burrow, the standard is set so high. People are <laughs> reacting kind of unfairly to him, right? Um, and I think he's just he's just a victim of that right now. I couldn't agree with you more in the sense of that, you know, the first week they were like, what do you mean we have a quarterback that's not completing 75% of his passes? I mean, it's it's kind of unrealistic. And, I, I, Coach, I'm with you there. I want to get over to this because we, we don't, we're we not really sure how much Miles is going to be out. Uh, for may, We're here in maybe a couple weeks. He could possibly come back next week. But right here, and I live in Hammond, and T.J. Finley is from Ponchatoula. I've seen him a lot. I know that he's done a lot of great things. Uh-oh. We lost Coach there. Let's see if we can get him back. Coach, can you hear us? Okay. We'll try to get Coach back in just a second. Let's see if we can't. But I'm with him there, guys. I'm with him there in the sense of that, look, sometimes this is a little unrealistic that we're expecting from a guy like Miles Brennan. And to that point, and to that point, I wonder now if he's out, and hopefully we can get Coach back, but – when if he's out for a week, what does a guy like TJ Finley do? What does a guy like Max Johnson do? Do you go to a two quarterback system? We'll have to see that. Let's see. Nope, we don't have coach back. Okay, let's see if we can get him back in just a second. But we will monitor that. Let's get a couple to a couple of y'all's uh, y'all's questions here. Jamie Fortenberry says Coach Bo P is a great coach. He's just not coaching good right now. I agree with that. My good friend, Ruben Anthony, says, I love your show. You're a great broadcaster. Keep it up. Demons for life. Heck, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Frank Town Demon. Frank Town Demon. Craig Granger, what's up, man? How are y'all doing, Craig? How are y'all doing over there in the Lake Charles area, man? How are y'all doing? Let us know. Ryan Mayer says, LSU is flat out soft, Blake. I'm just being honest. You can't coach mental toughness, heart, wanting to expo- or oppose your will on another grown man, competitiveness, busting someone in the mouth during practice and in real live games. Also can't coach accountability. Maybe so. 
Tim Graves, another Franklinton Demon. We first had Mr. Ruben Anthony. Now we got our good friend Tim Graves. Uh, we're going to try to get Coach Marshall back or Coach Miller uh, back here. Demons, yuck. Get out of here, Fortenberry. Get out of here. <laughs> but look, I don't know what to expect. I mean, now you got South Carolina. I, where I was going to ask Coach is that if it's TJ Finley that's going to be taking the steps, does the offense need to change much? Because he's not really the mobile guy that you would want to go out there and, and start getting a lot of mobile or mobility with him. Yeah, he can get outside of the pocket, but TJ's the kind of guy that's going to sit here and want to let it rip. Max is the complete opposite. He wants to play this RPO game. He wants to be able to, to run the RPOs, quick slants. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, and I fully expect – for them to at least keep it a little bit competitive uh, uh, with these, uh, with the two. Oh my God, he said lumberjacks. Lumberjacks? No way. No, sir. If you're from Bogalusa, you got it. No, I'm just joking. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Uh, let's see. Let's get to a couple more of these comments. Hey, face it. Coach Bo P is responsible for the uh, how the D plays, baby. He is, but you guys got to go over to my Twitter, okay? If you go over to my Twitter, he's not getting blown off the ball seven yards. Not getting blown off the ball seven yards. Just throwing that out there. Everybody's welcome, even Lumberjacks. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Let's see if we can get Coach back up in here. All right, says he's connected. I guess we'll not. Okay. Says he's trying to connect. So we'll try to get him back in here. Daryl says, get Lanahan to do his damn job and the offense will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't go over 10 on third down and expect uh, for you not to get pushback. Uh, Jamie says, okay. All right, here we got We got Coach Miller back. Coach, sorry yeah, we I'm lost. Back. Yeah, sorry we lost you there. Uh, no, it's all right. It happens sometimes. I know. I know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Look, we got we get this weather over here in Louisiana. You know, sometimes it might not even be weather. It might be a leaf might have fell from a tree, and yeah. you know, you know, ne you never know. Uh, let me ask you this. I, look, I'm live here right here in Hammond. I've seen T.J. Finley, the very talented freshman, play a lot. I've talked to him a lot, and and look, he's a fantastic kid. The one thing that I worried about with TJ was his weight. Now he's come in; he was about six six. He went from goes from about two sixty five now to about two forty, and he look, he's looking fantastic. On the flip side of that, you have Max Johnson, the lefty, who likes to run the ball a little bit more, run the RPO game. If you're LSU right now, from the first two or three weeks that you've seen, where would you kind of lean to with this offense, and what quarterback do you think that LSU should go with moving forward? In, in terms of the two freshmen that they have there, everybody knows I'm a big T.J. Finley guy. Uh, he was my number mm -hmm. one rated quarterback, pro-style uh, pro quarterback coming out of high school. I had him rated over D.J. Lele, who's now at Clemson, oh, wow. who was most people's number one overall pocket passer. But I think that LSU, what they have, what they're doing right now on offense, which is attacking 120, 53 and a half, they need a guy with a big arm, a quick trigger that can make decisions quickly. And TJ fits that mold to a T. When he, when he committed and he signed with LSU, I told him that this was a perfect fit for his skill set, his ability to push the ball down the field, to mm -hmm. push the ball outside the numbers, and to drive the ball into second and third windows um, on the second and third level. It, it totally fits his skill set. Now, I know Max Johnson is more of a typical dual threat, dual threat. Um, he's a guy that can run a little bit <laughs> right. more. He's a guy, he's a, he's a lefty. Um, but he gives me too many of the old LSU quarterback vibes, right? The Brandon Harris's, the Zach Mettenbergs, Mettenbergers. I get too many of those vibes. A little bit like uh, Miles Brennan for me. TJ Finley is built out of the Jamarcus Russell mold. When, you, when the LSU was in their heyday, just in terms of over the last 10 years, Jamarcus Russell at the helm was a star, right? Mm -hmm. He was everybody's All-American. He was first-team All-SEC. What led them to a Sugar Bowl win, I believe, his last there last year there in Baton Rouge. And T.J. Finley, I think it's Jamarcus Russell, and then some. Better athletically, 
same big arm, but much, much better in terms of football IQ and the mental aspect of the quarterback position. Coach, listen, I went to go watch TJ play in Ponchatoula a couple times. And I know his brother was there, and I know that he had a good connection. And then I went to an away game. Never really do that. I usually stay in the North Shore area. I don't go far, far out. I went to a game at Denham Springs, Louisiana, and TJ Finley in that offense scored 70 points, and he let it rip. I don't know if a kid – I hate saying that kids get misevaluated. And for me, look, I've been vocal about TJ Finley possibly getting misevaluated. You talk about a lot of his strengths. Talk about maybe a little bit something that the LSU fans don't know about him in the sense of that how just great of an IQ that he has for football. You know, that's first of all, that's a great question. Like, uh, and let me say this. TJ and I have a very personal relationship. We're very close. We talk multiple times a week. And he leans on me um, in a lot of different aspects. So I know him very well. The first thing that stands out about TJ is he's a great leader. Mm -hmm. I nicknamed him the general because of his leadership, charisma, (laughs) his leaders, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way people respond to him. So he's got terrific intangibles to lead a team, not just an offense. He's a big, strong guy that other players can get behind and believe that they're better than they are because TJ Finley is leading us. Mm-hmm. And think number two is he's, he's, he's super smart. He comes from a great family. Mother is a doctor. Right. Dad is an entrepreneur. And they come from a very intelligent group of people. TJ embodies those characteristics. Very bright, very smart, understands his protections, understands where to go with the football, understands his read, understands where the openings are in zone coverages and when they present themselves to us, understands where his matchups are in man-to-man coverage, understands when he needs to find a window to throw, when he needs to take off and go. T.J. Finley, he's got it all for me as a quarterback, and uh, I think he's going to be fantastic once he gets his shot. Coach, he, he certainly has that opportunity. Now, I'm not sure where LSU is going to go right now, and I don't know what the health status right now of Miles Brennan will be. Uh, one more question on this on these two freshman quarterbacks, and then I want to get your take around what's going around college football and the SEC and just, uh, just your take on it. I've seen – everyone talks about with TJ, and you touched a little bit on this, about the arm strength. Everyone in Louisiana is talking about the arm strength. Oh, my God, he's got a bigger arm just like Jamarcus Russell. One thing that I noticed with TJ that I was really honestly surprised about was how accurate he can be down the field. Is that something that, well, and I saw him as a junior, and sometimes he struggled, but as a senior, he was just really accurate. What did he work on to get better with his accuracy down the field? It starts when you talk about a quarterback, and I kind of fancy myself as a quarterback evaluating guru. I've put some things out there that have never been put out there about kids, and they've all come to fruition. And one thing about T.J. Finley is it starts from the ground up with all quarterbacks. His feet were really bad his sophomore and his junior year. I think a little bit because of his growing pains. I think a little bit because his feet were a little heavy and he was gaining a little weight, but his feet were not right. I think his senior year they got better, but I think this offseason heading to – his freshman year at LSU is where he made a huge jump. In addition to that, you got to remember TJ is still very young, a guy who just turned 18. In the day and age of, in the day and age of holdbacks, where a lot of guys who are their freshman court year of quarterbacking at the college level right now, they're 20 years old. (laughs) TJ turned 18. So if you look at that maturity curve, if you look at that curve in terms of he's a year and a half, two years behind a lot of these quarterbacks, his projection in terms of his upside, his ceiling is phenomenal at the quarterback position. Quick story. It was last year, and TJ was at the LSU-Georgia Southern game week one. And a very, very prominent coach that I know, we were just standing on those sidelines, and TJ had his back to everybody. And you know how just imposing he can be. And yes. the coach woke up to me and goes, golly, if LSU could just get that defensive end right there, that'd be scary. I look over to the coach. I said, Coach, that's TJ Finley. He goes, Oh, shit. You know, like he was just like the imposing of just, you don't really realize how big of a kid he is 
until he gets there. Uh, I asked everybody to ask you a couple questions, Coach, inside of Facebook Live and Twitter. We have one right here from Keith. He says, ask Coach, hashtag ask Coach Miller, does Terrace, meaning Terrace Marshall, have a legitimate chance at winning the Bolitnikoff Award this year for LSU? Absolutely he does. Terrace is off to a terrific start. Um, he's a guy that I've known since his junior year of high school. I had him at the Future 50 um, Under, All- Under Armour All-American camp when he was a junior. I had him and Justin Ross there. Uh, I've known Terrace for a little bit, and he's having a phenomenal season so far, and I think it's only going to continue to get better. He's the number one target in an offense that throws the ball over 40 times a game, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to get his targets, and I think he has the talent and the ability to finish and make plays, big plays, not only uh, you know in the middle of the field or on the outside numbers. He's going to get down the field. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns as he did last year. I think he tops those numbers. You know, phenomenal game last year. I don't know if that was an LSU record, but it seemed like it he was. tied it. Yeah, he tied the LSU record and still didn't even play the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was outstanding. And, and I'm a big fan of Terrace. I know he's battled some injuries. I know he's had a tough past, but he's a guy who's fought through. Definitely showed that type of perseverance. And uh, I love what he's doing right now for LSU on the outside. What's crazy? What's crazy, coaches? He has, and this is a stat that I didn't believe when I, my guys, you know, that they, they gave me all these stats before we come on live, and they, you know, they said, Blake, listen, you know, Terrace has twenty touchdowns in fifteen games, right? At LSU, the last fifteen games. I'm like, no, he has fifteen touchdowns in his last twenty games. <laughs> that wasn't the case. He has twenty touchdowns in the last fifteen, and he's off to an amazing start. Uh, yeah. Let me let me let's go around the SEC a little bit because when we do this, I mean we do we do focus a lot on LSU, but we talk a lot of SEC too. A lot of people have been asking about Kyle Trask yeah. from year one to year two. I I don't know what to put I don't know what what to put it in or what to how to word it or even what I'm seeing at times. I mean as a former offensive lineman at least collegiately too, I don't know what I'm seeing other than maybe his footwork got better. But what's the meteoric rise from him right now? What have you seen that's taken him from year one to year two and why he's got that meteoric rise? Well, I think you can compare that a lot to what happened with Joe Burrow. A guy in his second year in an offense, same offensive scheme and philosophy, same quarterback coach, um, experience, right, comfortability, and the same weapons kind of around him to throw the ball to. So there's familiarity there. There's comfortability there. There's a lot of confidence there. And Kyle Trask, he's a good football player. I thought he was a good football player last year. Mm -hmm. You got to remember Dan Mullins, the guy who coached Alex Smith, right? Right. Okay, first-round draft pick, right? He's the guy who coached, you know, Tebow. He's the guy who coached a lot of great college quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. So let's be honest, this guy knows what he's doing when you're talking offensive football and at the quarterback position specifically. Kyle Trask is just the next guy in line. He's done a great job getting himself prepared, and I love the weapons they have around him. We all know Kyle Pitts is an animal. Um, they've got a lot of really good guys. they got a lot of uh, – got in the slot. They've got uh, Trayvon on the outside. They've got guys. There's no doubt. I don't know how you stop Kyle Pitts. I mean, I really don't. I mean, he's a uh, he's just a mismatch out there, Coach. Uh, look, going a little bit, a little bit more to the West, or uh, yeah, West. I've been a little critical of Kellen Mond, and last last week I ate my words pretty heavy. <laughs> okay, like really heavy. Yeah, it's not because of. I think that he's got the skills, and I think that he's got the talent, but I just never saw it evolve until last week. Something clicked. Now, we can say that it was a bad Florida defense. We can say a lot of different things. What do you think is starting to click with him? Because even against Alabama, Coach, he lit them up across the middle, and it just kept like, I was like, man, what's going on right now? What are you seeing out of Texas a and with Kellen Mond? And I know that he's been there with Jimbo, but what are you seeing out of him? You're seeing a guy who's, who's, who's on his senior year and trying to seize the moment. I like to tell people when talking evaluations, this is this guy's either an impact starter as soon as he gets on campus, or he's a two to three year guy, right? <laughs> Second year, third year, that's when he's gonna that light's gonna come on. Well, for Kelly Mond, it's been a four year situation. It's been a four year deal. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that has not been comfortable, right? 
He's a guy that has not had been in the same system. He's a guy who struggled to find targets who've been consistent on the outside. I think now he's just really getting his feet playing squarely on the ground. I'm not a big Kellen Mond guy, but he did come out and play really good football last week. Again, he played really well, like I thought, against Bama. Um, I don't think he's great by any stretch of the imagination, but I think as a senior, you have a responsibility to your team. I think he stepped up, and um, he's performing right now. So my hat is off to him. Yeah, and I, look, I've been – I don't want to say critical, but – well, yeah, I have. All my all the fans, all the 71 of us that are watching us live on all the platforms, yeah, Blake, you've been critical. Okay, yes, I've been critical. But I got my – I got – you know, like sometimes I'm, I'm wrong here. Uh, yeah. c- Coach, we got a big game this week or this weekend in the SEC with Georgia and Alabama. I'm going to have this take in just a minute. Steve Sarkeesian, I don't think it's a bigger week for Alabama. I don't think it's a bigger week for Georgia because I think those teams will still find their way back in Atlanta. I think with Nick Saban out, this is a big week for Steve Sarkeesian. What do you think that he could do this week to kind of, I guess, really score points at the end of the day against this really talented Georgia Bulldog defense? Again, another good question. Let me start off by saying I heard a take earlier today about Nick Saban not really mattering whether he's there or not. And and let's kind of disassociate ourselves with that. (laughs) This guy, Nick Saban is a great leader, and he's the leader of that program. Anytime you don't have your leader, it's going to have some type of effect, right? Now, the effect can be good, the effect can be bad. We don't know yet, but it can have – an effect. Now, moving on to Steve Sarkeesian, I think it's a great chance for him to show that he can have a team ready to play. He can behave himself <laughs> as an adult, <laughs> as a functioning adult, um, and he can do a, a great job of not just you know having them ready to play, but having them play big in a big game, which I think Georgia has got something for Alabama this week. I, I really do. I do too. Uh, that front seven is nasty. Look, I, I go on multiple radio shows throughout the week, and they ask me what I thought about the front seven uh, of Florida's de- or Georgia's defense. That that front three, that nose tackle, both of those defensive ends, Ojalary, they finally have a pass rush. Yeah. Hey, look, Mac Jones, you better get ready and put the big boy pants on. And now that we're in that game, Mac Jones is a guy that a lot of people were like, oh, no, two is left. What are we going to do? But, Coach, he's lighting it up, right? I mean, he's looked pretty great himself. Yeah, I've been a big Mac Jones critic over the last, you know, six to nine months. Uh, And rightfully so. Uh, The receipts on Mac Jones were clear for me. He was extremely inconsistent last year in his uh, backup duty. And as he came to be the starter once Tua got hurt, he's having a great year right now. Again, is he a, you know, two to three year guy? Is he, I, I know he's a fourth, I believe he's a fourth year junior mm-hmm. is what he is right now. So he's a guy who's comfortable. He's making plays, but let's be honest. He's got the best weapons in the country. He's got unbelievable balance on offense. He has the best offensive line in the country. Now, <laughs> I've had two major shoulder surgeries, but I think I can look pretty good in that Bama offense <laughs> with the weapons they have on the outside, Najee Harris and Brian Robinson Jr. in the backfield, and that big physical athletic offensive line up front. I don't want to take anything away from Matt. He's playing great football, but this is the test. That Georgia defense is for real. They were for real last year. That front seven was number one in the country. That's number one in the country again, and I think – I think they have something for Alabama. I re- Mac Jones better come to play. He better be ready because he's not the best quarterback on that team. And if he struggles, don't be surprised if they go to Bryce Young. That's where I was going to it. If they start struggling, Nick Saban's not there right now. Does Steve Sarkeesian make that play? Now, and so that's where I'm talking about now. You know, I everyone, I think it's well documented now that I have some connection or even relation with uh, a coach inside of Bama staff because, you know, anyway. He said Nick Saban made, you know, he knew that Georgia in that national championship game was going to be running cover two, gets it out to Devonta Smith. He knew what Kirby was going to run. He gives Brian Dayball saying, hey, he's going to run cover two, run some verts. 
That's what Nick Saban brings. If Mac Jones starts struggling, when do you go to the freshman? That could be a whole different scenario to ball game here that we're just, what do you do? I think they use Bryce Young as a changeup. Well, first of all, let me say, I know Coach Sark. I know him from his his time growing up here in Southern California, also playing at BYU, also coaching at USC. So I'm very familiar, and I know him personally. I think they go to Bryce Young at some point as a changeup. Oh, wow. Right? Some point of the changeup, and I think if the receipts come back positive for Bryce, which I anticipate that they will, um, then I think he becomes an option later on in the game for Sark in that Bama offense. But because Bryce Young is pretty spectacular, he's pretty special, he's he's literally Russell Wilson on steroids. And we know how great Russell Wilson is. Right. Flipping the coin to the other side of the football, we call him the law firm here in Louisiana of Stetson Bennett IV. Don't know. I mean, he's playing with some swag. He's playing with some stuff. But now that he's going against a lot of talent, I wonder what happens. JT Daniels is a guy that has a lot of people there. You know, look, he did a lot of good stuff at USC. He was really highly recruited, really highly talented. On that side, too, I mean, they're going to have to put JT Daniels in if this game starts getting out of hand, right? Listen, Stetson Bennett has a walk-on, junior college walk-on. First <laughs> off, let's make sure we give him the respect he deserves, right? right. Mm. The guy has played good football. He's taking care of the ball. He's managing that offense. And he's making throws and runs when he needs to to make plays. So first off, let's say that. I think it's important to note JT is coming off of an ACL. I'm not sure where his confidence is, and I know JT personally, have known him since the seventh grade, right? Grew up here, Southern California, modern day high school. I just don't know where his confidence is with that knee. I don't know how confident he is in that new Georgia offense with Coach Coach Munkin. Um, Would they go to JT? I think if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say – 70-30, 70-30, they would go to JT if they're strugg- really struggling on offense. But here's the deal. Is Bama's defense that dominant? I don't think so. I don't see the Bama defense of three, four, five years ago. I don't see that out there. I think Stetson Bennett's going to be okay. I think they got to establish a running game, mm-hmm. and I think that's possible versus this Bama front. I really like uh, Kendall Milton. I think he looks really good for Georgia's offense. He looks like the best back on the team. Um, I'm very close with James Cook, and I think uh, Zeus can – I think he's kind of a three three yards on a cloud of dust type of guy. <laughs> but I think Georgia's going to be okay on offense. I really like the matchup between George Pickens and Patrick Sertain this week. To me, that's the matchup of college football this week in terms of game inside the game. Those are two guys vying for first-round draft choices. No question. And look, George Pickens only has a couple, I think, what, seven catches on the season. they got to find a way to give him the ball. How they're not doing that, I have no idea. Coach, we greatly appreciate you joining the show. Tell everybody where they can find you and all the great things that you're doing, and we'll certainly have to bring you on again soon. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed being on. Uh, You can find me at CoachKeith underscore 1K. I'm very active on social media. Uh, I I think one reason why people – kind of follow me is because uh, I don't pull any punches. Uh, I'm very upfront. I'm very honest. And um, I share how I feel and what I think. And, and I have the receipts to back it up. Now, whether I'm right, wrong, or indifferent, it's my opinion. It's my perspective. And uh, I think people respect honesty. Mm-hmm. I think number two, um, I've developed a new uh, high school football event called Showcase Football. I'm very excited about. It's really catching uh, a lot of wave across the country. I've booked eight sites for 2021, it's a fusion between uh, NFL Combine kind of 2.0 and OTAs, NFL OTAs. It's kind of a fusion between those two events or those two things, and I'm very excited about it. It's about guys playing full-speed football with no helmet on, not tackling, not bringing guys to the ground, but learning how to play the game the right way with their hands and their feet, keeping their head away from context, and really getting their body in position to make plays. Coach, you've absolutely killed it. Uh, We'll have to bring you on again. I loved it, uh, and we appreciate it, and we'll have you on again soon, sir. Thank you again for joining RU Serious Sports. Absolutely. Blake, I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week. 
You too, and go Tigers. As always, that's Coach Keith. Guys, I appreciate y'all joining us today. Uh, look, Coach absolutely destroyed it, as always. You got to go follow him on Twitter. Um, he just does so many great things for high school. He's going to give you his opinion, y'all. If you have a question about a recruit, he will definitely get it on Twitter and, and let you know. All right, before we get out of here, I'm going to give you my SEC picks. Before we get to that, we got to get over to our good friends over at the Boston. With the best sushi, steak, and seafood in all the North Shore, you got to go see our good friends over at the Boston. 748-5555. That's 985-748-5555. Go tell them Blake Rafino sent you. And before you go in, go to facebook.com slash the Boston restaurant and look at all the great food that they have for you. All right, I'm going to do my quick, very quickly before we get out of here, uh, my SEC picks of the week. Uh, number 15, Auburn versus South Carolina. Listen, I know Auburn hasn't looked very great this year, and I know South Carolina's kind of playing with the edge. Give me Auburn, but I don't feel confident about it. Last week, Auburn should have lost to Arkansas, and Bo Nix in this offense hasn't gotten any better. So maybe slightly Auburn can pull it out, but I think South Carolina's playing tough. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'd still pick uh, 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 the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Kentucky versus Tennessee. Tennessee's too physical. Tennessee's got too many athletes, I think, on defense and the offensive line that they make this game uh, really physical, and they run it down Kentucky's throat. I don't think Kentucky can stop anybody, and I think that they're one-dimensional on offense. So give me Tennessee big against Kentucky. Ole Miss versus Arkansas. Two first-year head coaches, or I say first-year head coaches, but two uh, first-year coaches with a program uh, that is Sam Pittman and Lane Kiffin. I like that what Arkansas is doing. I like Coach Sam Pittman, a former offensive line uh, lineman, offensive line coach, but it's not going to matter. I know that Ole Miss's defense is, is really bad, but that nobody's slowing down that offense. I know that uh, Ole Miss has players that have COVID-19. They got Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral, y'all. So give me Ole Miss big. Uh, number 11, Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. I've been critical of A&M and, and Kellen Mond, but Mississippi State scored two points. Two points. Two Against Kentucky last week. Do you remember that guy, KJ Costello, that LSU made look like a Heisman Trophy candidate? Well, he got pulled last week. I think Texas A&M doesn't have the dysfunction, and they will pull it out big. I know that I think this might be some up, uh, some big, big, big wins this week uh, in, in reference to scoring points. All right, number three, UGA on the road against number two, Alabama. Now, we talked about it with Coach Miller earlier, but let me give you my take. I don't think, I seriously, seriously do not believe that this game is big for the University of Alabama. I don't think that this game is big for this University of Georgia. Here's why. I believe that both teams are going to be in the SEC Championship at the end of the season. I don't think that Florida has enough right now to go and beat Georgia. Not after what we've seen. I think that, no, there's nobody really in the West that can contend with Alabama. This is Steve Sarkeesian's time to shine. What does he do if they're down? What does he do if they need a, a trick play or some momentum? Is he going to make that call now that Nick Saban's not going to be on the sidelines? Now that he has the reins, what does he do? But I don't think that's going to matter what he does because I think that Georgia's front seven is absolutely nasty. I think that Stetson Bennett the fourth gets some things moving for Georgia, and I think that they got some stuff for Alabama this week. You're going to learn and you're going to see what it's like when you don't have Nick Saban on that sidelines. And I don't think that Alabama could slow anybody down anyway. Give me Georgia upsetting the Crimson Tide this week in Tuscaloosa, and you're going to have a whole bunch of Alabama fans that are going to be freaking out this week. But that's just my take. Uh, Ruben says, Bama win by 20. I don't know, dog. That defense from Georgia is sick. It's sick now. Bama, and it's not really that close. Okay. Okay. 
Y'all better. All right. Did y'all see? Look, Lane Kiffin came out this week and said, look, we didn't have those defensive play calls, and I believe him from last week. I believe him. Here's why. They were going up-tempo. Man, that Bama defense, winning covers a multitude of sins. Winning covers a multitude of sins. Has this Alabama defense really been good over the last three years? They got absolutely demolished by by a, a Clemson team. They got demolished by LSU last year. They got demolished by Auburn and and, and Mac jo- or Bo Nix. Excuse me. Y'all better be careful. Y'all better be careful. Uh, Ruben says, "LOL, Blake." All right. <laughs> I, look, I might be wrong, and Ruben, listen, if I'm wrong, we'll come back on here on Monday, and you can tell me how wrong I am. But right now, y'all better watch out for him. I'm calling Georgia, says Dylan. Uh, Matt Gidry says Georgia's slowing down Alabama's offense, not having Saban on the sideline will be a difference. Look, if I'm Alabama's defense, or I mean, excuse me, Georgia's defense, I'm stacking the box saying, hey, we're going to stop Najee Harris. Mac Jones, go win it. They got the defense that can do it. Uh, you bring, you being honest or just saying because you hate Bama? No. If y'all think Georgia ain't for real, y'all crazy right now, y'all. Uh, Kyle says, didn't y'all see my triple option parlay of the UGA plus four and take them on the ML? David says, Bama wide receivers slant eat up uh, Georgia cornerback or yeah, cornerbacks. If it's a track meet, UGA can't keep up with them. All right, y'all. Okay, just remember Blake Graffino told y'all. Just remember Blake Graffino told y'all. All right, we're going to get on out of here. Guys, we'll be done for the week. There will not be a, well, there might be a post-game show, but we'll pick, no, not a post-game show. So, guys, that's it for us for the end of the week. My name's Blake Graffino. This is Are You Serious Sports. Y'all have a good night. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.